everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mwamba Fierce, the podcast. This is your host with the most, and Mwamba Papa Moyo. Today's episode, I'm actually quite excited about this because I've got, I'm sure like you guys would have a number of people in my circle who are maybe struggling to have kids. And um, you know, when you're younger, the big thing is do not fall pregnant. Don't even try it, you know, and you're scared into not falling pregnant. And then after a certain age, you actually, you know, crave and want kids. Um, but some people are not as fortunate as others. I don't know if fortune is the right word um, in that they struggle to have kids. So on today's episode, I actually have a beautiful young lady on. Her name is Tamron. Um, her background is in marketing. So she's like a regular mom, like any one of us. Um, but she's here to tell us about her fertility and IVF success story. Um, maybe it will inspire someone out there to, you know, to look at this route and not ho- all hope is lost. So I welcome you to this show. Thank you so much, Tamron, for joining me. Thank you so much, and hi everyone. It's a pleasure to be here today. Super. So, I mean, I stumbled on, on your story about IVF on your Instagram page. So what, what is the background? What happened here? So um, I had trouble conceiving for about five years. I actually found out that I had um, fibroids in 2013. Okay. So I was still relatively young, younger. <laughs> um, I was younger than 30 at the time. Found out I had fibroids. I had a really massive or major surgery. Okay. And after that, they told me I should be able to fall pregnant very easily. Right. At the time, uh, my husband was my partner at the time. We were married that time. We decided, okay, because they did say that this is the the ideal time to try now once the surgery was completed um we decided to try it for two years we still struggle okay so, so in 2015 yeah so in 2013 the struggle started 2015 i was still not pregnant and i was told i'm going to be so fertile after the first surgery mm-hmm. um and then in 2015 i had to go for another surgery uh because they told me i now had endometriosis so i think as someone like taking a step back, as someone who's not in the medical field, there's a lot that I don't know. Yes. Right? But I think one of the biggest learnings for me was you always need to go for a second opinion or a third opinion as well. This was my second opinion by the time I went for my first surgery. But even then, when I had to go for my second surgery, I think a long bell should have gone off. Yes. And I was just so trusting of um, the doctor at the time that I was like, actually, okay, I'll go for another surgery two years two years later mm-hmm. and so nothing happened after that second surgery i was told once again you're going to be so fertile you'll be able to fall pregnant and nothing happened so by 2017 i knew this is a this must be a lot more serious yeah um my the, the guy who had operated me at, at the time he wasn't able to he was he had a crisis so he wasn't able to actually like help me in 2017 yeah. that's when i had to go find new opinions okay and that's how the journey actually started i went um a colleague of mine recommended that i do more holistic medicine and they gave me the contact to a lady who used to be an OBGYN. okay who now practice holistic um medicine or um, if that's the right term yeah and she her first words to me were that look she can try to help me 
But given my history and the fact that I've already had two surgeries and nothing has happened, I've been on so many hormones in four years and still nothing has happened, her recommendation is that I go straight to a fertility clinic. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't waste my time any further. And that's how my journey started at the beginning of 2018 with um, IVF. Okay, so just taking it back based on what you've shared, um, so first you told you have fibroids. Is it were is it one big fibroid? Were there many fibroids? Do you remember how big they were? Were they blocking your, you know, ovaries or tubes? Yeah. And actually, how we actually found out? I've always had very heavy periods. So okay. No, no, no. Share, please. <laughs> but um, I got my period quite young. I was eleven, going on twelve when I when I first started menstruating, and it was always painful it was always sore yeah um but but it was always on time and it was always for a set number of days okay there wasn't any discrepancy okay that. yeah in all the years from 11 years old then at the beginning of 2013 i laid for 21 days i got my period and it just didn't stop jeez okay I, <laughs> for 21 days i was just like menstruating and yes. it was bizarre because I knew I was so sick and I knew so that's when I knew something was wrong and that's when I started going to doctors to find out what was wrong and they discovered the fibroids. Okay. So just just to you know wondering because uh, I know like from the time for me anyway when I was about um call it 19 i had to do routine um medicals like once a year you go you know you do your pap smear you do all of that stuff. Did did you do all of that? for it to be a surprise that you had... I had been going for pap smears. Yeah. This just says since I was sexually active. Okay. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. We don't want to know. <laughs> you're married now and you're happy. <laughs> but I went annually, so it wasn't that I wasn't doing that. I think, but I think sexual education and, and just, especially for women, we're not taught a lot. Like, I found out at university that I have to start, like, that I need to go for, for perhaps, yes, I didn't yes. know that, you yeah. know, because it's it, it not, like, at least in my family, it was so taboo yeah. to speak about things that are healthy and that should be spoken about, that we need to learn about. Yeah. So I was going annually, um, but that in itself is also not enough, mm. and we don't know that. You exactly. think because your pap smear is clear, you're fine, Yeah. but there are other things happening in your body that you're not aware of and if you and i hadn't had a gynae at that time okay that's also very important yeah no, I, I think you probably like me as well um to be honest i probably only got a, like a gynae when i got pregnant um not that i've ever seen one prior to that so um yeah. i completely understand in saying that we actually don't um know better when we should um, okay, so were you on birth control um, at the time? Was it maybe as a result? Would, did you ever think, or oh, maybe this is because I've been on birth control so long that um, I'm not falling no, pregnant? I or wasn't. I, okay. I actually took myself off birth control like a while before that as well. Okay. So I wasn't on that. Um, they did give. They did put me on as part of the treatment at one stage, mm-hmm. but not for very long. Yeah. Okay. So when you saw this lady who, oh, I'm assuming it's a lady with the holistic type of medicine, um, what, what was like, I'm, I'm just curious what their, um, you know, a- approach is D- when you went there, what, yeah. So I only went once and yes. she, um, because of her direction, I didn't really experience more than that session. Okay. Um, but it's, 
but it's basically more herbal based. She's yes. got like her own <laughs> setup where she's got medication that she'll recommend. Yes. I think she gave us one dose, but then we never went back because she said actually just go to a fertility clinic. Okay. Which is what we, we ended up going. But the reason I trusted her opinion so much, I've never been one to go for holistic medication. I, I have not, I have nothing against it. Mm-hmm. I just don't know enough about it. Right. But I think I was at the stage where number one, I was desperate. And number two, I knew she had a medical background as well. Yes. Having been in the medical field before. So I trusted her opinion and what she had told us a lot more here. Okay, so you go to now your first session with um, the doctors at the fertility clinic. What happens there? So over there, the first thing they tell you is, even though you're here, you're not necessarily going to be doing IVF. Okay. And that was a learning for me as well. You think you're coming in there and you're coming to tell them, I want IVF. Yeah. That's not how it works. Oh, okay. What they do is they set up an appointment, they get to understand your history, both your and your partner's history, Mm -hmm. and then they conduct tests on both of you. So we had to go in a few times to do um, certain tests. I had to have certain procedures. I can't even remember what it's called, but they put like a dye up my cervix. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's like a few things that they do to see if if you don't have like a blocked um, cervix, if um, you actually can fall pregnant. Yeah. So there's quite a few things that they do, but they make sure that they do it on both you and your partner because so often the woman thinks it's her. Yes. We are, we think it's, it, it, it must be me, you know, mm. but it's very important and they make it very clear at the beginning that they're going to check both of you out. Yeah. And that's where how the journey starts. You don't start immediately. Okay. Once they've done that and they re- then they'll look at what the best course of action is. For us, IVF was the recommended route. So we're fortunate that that's what we went for and that's what we ended up getting. Um, okay. But it doesn't necessarily mean because you're going there, you you will end up having IVF. There are other procedures which are, I guess, a lot quicker, less invasive, mm-hmm. and that are cheaper as well. So that's what I was going to ask. What are the alternatives? If you don't go the IVF route, what, what are the other alternatives? To be completely honest, I don't know all the alternatives. And yeah. I... I very nervous when I speak about <laughs> <laughs> no no so so I think we'll clarify that definitely not medical this is based on your personal story <laughs> um, but look there are there are options I can't recall the name so let me not go into that okay. rather just focus on what I know which is my <laughs> idea <laughs> okay um, so in vitro is exactly what in vitro fertilization yes right? and this is where they actually take your uh, my egg mm-hmm. and my husband's sperm and mm-hmm. they fertilize it outside of your one so like a, like in a test tube yes and this is basically kept at a certain degree and it's kept and they keep that and insert it back into your uterus if the embryo is viable oh so that's where it also gets interesting so you can go down this path but it doesn't mean it's going to be successful okay i had so what they do is at the beginning of the journey mm-hmm. um, as a female you have to take a lot of hormones there's injections a lot of shots that you need to take in your tummy um there's just a lot of hormones that you're like pumping into your system just to get to prepare your body yes for this process Okay. Then what they do is they extract your eggs once they are ready, mm-hmm. and they extract a certain number of eggs. Um, and it depends on how. Not everyone has the same number of eggs. Some people have 
have two extracted. I was fortunate I had 12. Oh, jeez, that's a lot. I, I thought it was high. It wasn't oh, okay. <laughs> it wasn't high. Uh, some people have 20, like, so it depends. But they, so they extract, once once you're at a certain point in your cycle, they, yeah. they extract these eggs. Mm-hmm. And then you use your husband's sperm and they fertilize it. Okay. Then for like a week, they mm-hmm. monitor. So every day, they're monitoring those embryos. Yeah. If they're fertilizing. Yeah. And if they are fertilizing, are they viable? Because there's different grades. There's an A grade embryo, there's a B grade. Oh my it's goodness. So yeah. And every day they give you a call to update you. Like, okay, 12 were, so we had 12 extracted, only nine were fertilized. Okay. So we already lost three before anything. <laughs> yeah. Started. Yes. Yeah. And then every day, leading up towards the day that they're actually going to put it back into you mm-hmm. to give you an update. And by the time we had ours inserted, we had three, I think. Okay. Yeah, we had three. Okay. So, so and what is the time period from, 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 from that until it's reinserted into you? I got it. So that's about six days. Okay. Okay. My, my, I went for my extraction, I think on the Monday mm-hmm. and by the Saturday they had put it in. Okay, so it's a bit quick, eh? Yeah, but it, it feels long because you, you don't know if these things are going to survive. Yeah. And like on the day that I went in, mm-hmm. there were three, but only two were viable. Okay. The other one, they said they needed to see if it, if it basically could um, grow a little more. Yes. For lack of a better word. Yes. And it actually didn't. Okay. So we only had two, and my, the two that were inserted are the two babies we have. Okay. And Everything else did not work out. Jeez. Okay. So, um, like it's a lot. Now I'm just thinking, first of all, all these hormones that you've been, (laughs) you know, injected and you've been taking and whatnot. How are you feeling at the time? What's what's your body like? What are you reacting? You know, if you're reacting to anything, are you moody? Are you like, what are you feeling? You're very moody. Yeah. It felt like I was PMSing like three months <laughs> oh, it, and it's, I think it's also just the stress like the weight yes. of this journey like it, firstly it took us five years to even get to this point right and the process itself is expensive it's not it's, it's not cheap so you know if you fail now you have to start saving all over again okay it's and, and take a while before you can even start because it's not it's not cheap to do either no so that's the next question what did it cost you is it is it cost per extraction is it cost per number of eggs is it like what what is how do they cost it so in total if i calculate the way i recall calculating it it, what there was like a almost sixty thousand rand just for the procedure just for like them putting into me right yes that procedure then there were then all of the medication that you get at the you can choose to get some of the medication at other places, but I yeah. would get it at the fertility clinic. Mm-hmm. Over the period of time that I was there from the beginning to end was around 20,000. And then um, also the doctor's visits. I don't know about now, but at the time, medical aid didn't pay for that. Mm. So that was also, we had to go a few times. So in total, close to 100K is what we spent just for that one. And, and this is 100K um, probably three years ago? Four years. What, where are we? Twenty three years ago. Three years ago. Yeah. Three, three years ago. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So, geez. Okay. So now it's um, you 
the the process is complete um and do, how long when do you start getting excited about being pregnant or like you know is there a waiting period for, i mean it's the same thing like um when you're naturally pregnant it's like 12 weeks before you can you know share the news with anyone to make sure it's, it's the same i would assume no so you, with us once you get um once you do ivf you have to go for blood tests and then they give they look at your um, a certain hormone level yeah in your blood to see if you are actually pregnant mm-hmm. they strongly recommend that you don't do a pregnancy test because it's such early day okay yeah <laughs> and then they they keep monitoring that to see if that is falling um the higher that goes the better it is for you mm-hmm. and fortunately for us it was good what we didn't take into consideration was that two weeks later we had a trip planned and booked to Thailand already. Yes. So I was four weeks pregnant when, because you know they take it from your last period. Yes. That the timing is like basically from the, your last period. So I was four weeks pregnant when I went to Thailand and I had my first scare there in a different country. Yeah. What was the scare? I started. I was I was bleeding. I was oh. Squatting. Not even squatting. You can't even call that squatting. I yeah. Was, I was bleeding. Yeah. Okay. So I thought I'd I'd lost mm. the baby. At this time, you don't know if it's one or two. You don't I, I yeah. didn't even know if both eggs, or not if both eggs, both embryos had taken. Yes. We just knew we were pregnant. Yes. We didn't know if it was um, one or two. We had to contact the, the fertility clinic. They were in touch with us, and they just said, like, look, all you can take is Panado, and we can just hope nothing else happens when we have to monitor. Mm-hmm. And, um, and how long did you bleed for? Like two days. Okay. Yeah. Jeez, I'm sure you didn't enjoy that holiday. <laughs> no, and I was so no I had morning sickness as well. So <laughs> my last proper holiday was a disaster. <laughs> okay, so you you come back and you obviously go straight to the fertility clinic and, and they check you. <clears throat> yes. So a few days after we arrived back we actually had an appointment scheduled. Okay. And that's when they were able to see that there were two both both um, embryos actually took. Oh, thank and Jesus. We were pregnant with twins, yeah. I don't know why I'm reacting like this because I, I, I've seen the twins. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 here I am panicking on your behalf. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, actually I haven't relived this in a very long time. Just thinking about it, I can't <laughs> Even got emotional thinking about it now because it's scary. Yes, it's almost like you're putting all your eggs in one basket. You know, like this is your shop. Yeah, well, technically, you are putting your eggs in one basket. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to make light of the situation, but <laughs> no, don't worry. I make light of everything. <laughs> And and so, what was the pregnancy like now? So, uh, you know, your your um, consultation with your doctor confirms that the two eggs have taken or embryos have taken, and yeah, basically at, at that point, I'm assuming you're probably like eight weeks. Yes. So you like I can't even remember roughly around eight weeks. Yeah, I can't even remember the right. Yeah. So eight. I think I was six. I think it was six. Okay. Um, but it was very early days, and that was the last time we were at the fertility clinic. So I thought like. I guess I didn't understand the, the process very well, and I think it's—I think it helps that people speak about it a lot more. Yeah. I thought once you're pregnant, you still stay on, but you don't. You have to now. Go, they give you recommendations mm-hmm. for doctors to go to that they would recommend yeah. to look after you throughout your pregnancy. Mm. So after that 
gestation once I was pregnant and everything was fine, it was the end of the period at the, at the clinic. Okay. And then I had to find a new gynae. Okay. And so... Um, how long did you, so, so obviously it's two embryos, which means you're, you're having twins. Um, what was, what's a twin pregnancy like? It's, it's, it's very hard on the body. So I'm not a, I'm not a tall person. Mm. I'm 1.53. I'm quite short. Yeah. Um, so already I'm, I'm, I was at a disadvantage because of my, my size. Yes. Um, full term for me. My gynae had recommended I go up until 37 weeks. Yeah. I made it to 36 weeks and three days. So not too bad, mm. surprisingly, but it, by 30 weeks, I was asking my gynae to induce me. Every appointment. Really? <laughs> Just please take them out, please. And I, <laughs> and I still had three more scares throughout the pregnancy. They had, I, had, I had progesterone. Was it progesterone? Yeah. For like quite a while into my pregnancy because I had... Four scares in total. Oh, so so what were the scares? One of the scares. Bleeding, quite a lot. Mm. Um, I needed to be hospitalized. It looked like I was going into labor, like I think a 20-something week. Yeah. Um, but I was never put on bed rest. I was never done. Every time I was done with the scare, life had to go back to normal. You yeah. Know? I, I'd heard of multiple pregnancies where people were put on bed rest, but I, apparently I didn't need that. Yeah. Not that I needed it. A lot. <laughs> I mean, they weighed yeah. them were two point three when when I gave birth. Yeah. So more than almost five kg by the time I gave birth in this short body. <laughs> yeah, and and you've got such a small frame, so I can imagine the, you know, you're feeling dragged down, tired, um, emotional. Yeah. <laughs> I worked until two weeks before I gave birth. Wow, that's so amazing. Every day. <laughs> no, but so at thirty-six weeks and three days, what what happens? What happened then for you to? Did you go into labor? Did what? What happened? No, they they actually stopped growing. So closer to the thirty-seven weeks, I had to start going to the doctor every week. Mm-hmm. Um, in the last, I think it was the last four or so weeks, I had to go to the doctor every week. And by week thirty-six, mm-hmm. they had stopped growing. And then the doctor said, "Look." I know it's only a week until we're supposed to go, but because they've stopped growing, it's best to get them out now. Yeah. Okay. But luckily for them, they didn't even need NICU. Um, so that, that that was good. Yeah, and, and you're saying 2.3 kilos, which is quite big, hey? Yeah. For for twins. Because um, I, I know in, in, in our family, um, <clears throat> the, the twins that my sister-in-law had were, much, if I remember the weights correctly, they were much smaller than 2.3. I think the bigger one was probably two, and then the smaller one was one point something. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's what happens with multiples. So many of them never make it to even the multiple full term. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's, a very, it's a very risky pregnancy. Yeah. Um, multi- multiples in general are risky, but I think what the doctor told me was because they not, weren't identical, mm-hmm. it was slightly less risky. Oh, so, <laughs> um, oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, so uh, uh, the doctor told me that identical twins are a bit more risky than, than um, non-identical. Non, non-identical. Yeah. Okay, so 
Um, when you were going through, I mean, you said from like 2013, that's when you guys started trying for kids and up until 2018, before you went and saw the fertility clinic or you went to the clinic for that. So what is going through, like, how are you guys managing your relationship at this point? Because I, I would assume it's stressful. I would assume it's emotional. Like you're saying the, the amount of money when you actually even got to the point to say, we need to go to a fertility clinic, the amount of money that you need to have to even have that conversation what did this do to your relationship with your husband you know before all the treatment everything was fine i think it was during the treatment that our relationship took a bit of strain mm-hmm. um and simply because <laughs> to put it lightly i was like like a crazy person yeah i was on hormones i was moody i was i just i couldn't see straight all i wanted was whatever i was busy with to work yes so that's my my mind couldn't think about anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was the only thing, and I guess that's where our, our relationship took some strain. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, so in this time that you're wanting to be pregnant, wanting to get pregnant, going to all these various doctors, how do you deal with someone else maybe in your circle or family that's pregnant or, you know, because I always think that would be a strange conversation or feeling to go through. You know, there's like people getting pregnant around you and you're struggling to do the same? It's very hard. And not because you're not happy for your friend or your family member. Mm-hmm. It's just because you you don't know if you are even able to ever achieve that. Like, that's the, that's the hardest part. Like, you would like to be pregnant with them. You would like yeah. to be going through this with them. And you see them falling pregnant every day. Like, it's almost like you see more pregnancy announcements when you can't fall pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you can. So it's painful, um, but you have to suck it up. Mm. You know? And you just have to believe. We had one doctor who told us we're not compatible. <laughs> Me and my husband, one guy, and he actually told us that. Like, you go through so many well. ups and downs with doctors as well. That mm-hmm. you, how, we're both humans. What more? <laughs> But I, I don't understand compatibility in terms of what? Like, this, you're the guy and you're not our shrink. <laughs> exactly. And she told her words to us were, you two are not compatible and you won't be able to have children. Wow. This is the kind of, and, and you know, it's, you don't need that kind of. Exactly, when you're already going through. Yes, and if, you, if you're not basing this on any medical. <laughs> exactly, like. Which 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 page <laughs> says that? <laughs> yeah. She had one of my blood tests. I remember she was looking at my blood results, but then she was saying it didn't make sense to me at least. Like, yeah. It was weird. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely hard when everyone around you is falling pregnant. And at that time, everyone was. Yeah. When we went uh, when we actually had our IVF procedure. It was two days after my cousin mm-hmm. had given birth to her first child. <laughs> Yeah. It was like, so everywhere I just saw babies. <laughs> oh, and, the, and I guess that's one of the hardest things, like you shared, like you just want a baby too. And now everyone's falling pregnant and you're just thinking, no, now I must go again and I must take more pills. And then you're moody and then you're, oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. And then you're like in your tummy. <laughs> exactly. <you're> like, oh. <laughs> and, and I'm assuming at this point in time, when you're going through all that treatment, you can't, I'm not so sure if you're a drinker or not, but I mean, you can't drink, you probably can't take, coffee or I don't know, maybe there's certain things that you're not allowed to do in this time so that 
you're as perfect as you can be for. Hmm. Surprisingly, I could. It was it was when you thought you were pregnant or when you were supposed to be pregnant that you shouldn't have. Yeah. So after the actual ones, the embryos being inserted into you, mm-hmm. you shouldn't. Yeah. But before then, then I was told I could. So, oh, okay. So while you're taking all the hormones and medication, yeah. you live normally. <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, I, I don't know anything about this, so that's why I, I you know, I'd assume, but I'm not the doctor here. Um. So. Yeah. Also, like, I think it's definitely a subject for me to know about, and we need to be more open about. But it's also such a taboo subject because infertility is like a black mark against your name as a female. Yeah, when it's sometimes actually not your fault. Yeah. And fault is such is the wrong word. It's just you know it's it's not your body that cannot. Um, but okay, we we're, we're not going through that. <laughs> did or didn't do yeah you know i think that's so like knowing that it's not you did not do this yes yeah how you were born exactly and as you said at the beginning you know when when you do become sexually active you don't want to fall pregnant until the right time Mm. you think it's the right time it's god has other plans i guess exactly so what what is your big you know, silver lining other than having the twins and the girls are here now um but in, in your mind, thinking back on, on the entire journey that you went through, what do you think that you mentioned God now? What what was he trying to teach? What was your big lesson? I think the biggest lesson was to trust him and that it's definitely not in my time, it's in his time. Yeah. If I think about had we fallen pregnant in 2013, mm. kids are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> that they are. Kids are so expensive and when you when you hit with multiples at once, you you realize it even even more, you know. Mm-hmm. But we would never. I don't think we would have been able to give our kids the life or the life we're able to give them now. Yeah. So I think trusting his timing and trusting his plan was important because it came at a time where we were both better set in our career. Yeah. And able to provide a lot more. Okay. Um, I don't know how we would have. I mean, I was I was living in in. in in like a one bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. I don't know where my child would have slept. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking at the time. In the one bedroom apartment with you. <laughs> I was just like, I need a full pregnant. Um, but definitely, I think to trust God's timing and to also trust God in medicine. Yes. Um, just because you can't fall pregnant naturally doesn't mean you're not meant to be a parent. That's right. Modern medicine is there for a reason, and I'm forever grateful to that. Yes, it was expensive, um, but you can't put a price on your child. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you forget about that when you birth this beautiful baby and you've got this child in your life. No, that, I think it's, it's definitely worth it. Definitely worth it. Um, I was uh, reminiscing, uh, I think, two, three days ago um, about my boys. They're five and almost two. Um, and thinking how it was so stressful when they were so much smaller. And, you know, you're just thinking about all these things that you need to do. And I was tired. My body, especially when they were much younger, my body was just, you know, reacting very differently to yeah. like, so did you go through the, the whole, what they call the fourth trimester? Um, you know, just yes, struggling with, <laughs> they're now here <laughs> and then, and then what? <laughs> It was actually very bad and I, I almost felt guilty for how I felt because 
nobody prepares you for the first for the fourth trimester yeah nobody speaks about it yeah we need to speak about it we're, like we're, ever since i've had my girls when i hear someone's had a baby i ask how is the mom because the mom is the first person to be forgotten exactly when baby is born yeah but she needs just as much help yeah um the first two and a half months i mean i get emotional that was like the hardest part was i had no um i had no nanny yeah my mom came up for like a week or two she came to help my husband was back at work and he was studying yeah um while working i was alone with two babies and i knew i did not have a clue i was struggling with breastfeeding every i was like in a deep dark hole yeah and i just thought you know i prayed for this for five years i've been fighting to get this oh is this where i am like yeah. i'm so unhappy and yeah bad being in the space but i didn't know that it's normal i didn't know about the fourth trimester i wish someone had warned me so yeah it was normal to feel those feelings but i felt like i was being ungrateful because for five years i've been begging god for children mm. and i get children and i can't and i'm supposed to be able to know how to manage you don't and it's okay and, and it's fine that you don't know yeah and it's okay to ask for help that's the thing it's so okay to ask for help and to tell people you need help because it can get very scary. I snapped and then my husband was like, look, actually we have to get someone immediately. So we got, got someone to help me during the day and it already brought so much more relief mm. to have those first two and a half months. All, it was almost like a haze, like a dark haze that you were in mm. because your body is just this supply and everyone, it's not like everyone forgets about you, but people are so focused on the, on the babies. How okay, cute the so babies are. and. Day. How are they sleeping? They are always okay. Yeah. <laughs> you are the one not getting rest. You are the one being like milked every few hours. Oh. <laughs> I laugh because I remember that. I, I, I think that was my biggest, with my, my, my second son, um, I think the biggest thing that I struggled with was the breastfeeding. And not that I didn't, I mean, I had tons of milk. Um, I enjoyed it, but I think it just took so much energy from it, drained me so much that at one year, like on the dot, I was like, I can't do this anymore. And that was it. Like he went straight to formula. I was like, I can't do it. And I think it's exactly that, like you're saying, I don't know what caused you to snap. And when you say snap, I don't know what happened exactly. But there's something for me that changed mentally to say, this is taking too much of me. And if I continue, I'm not going to be the same person or the person that I'm supposed to be. So, and it won't be good for anyone. And, and that's what happened with me. Like I was, I told my husband, I can't, I'm not coping. Yeah. Like you, you can see that I'm struggling, but I've been pretending that it's fine. Mm. I'm telling you now, we need to get someone to help me. And I can't do the breastfeeding either. The breastfeeding I did two months and I stopped. Yeah. I just couldn't. Yeah. Um, and I said, you know, fed is best. I can't mentally, my mental state of mind was not okay. And I, I suffered with depression before. Okay. The signs were there. Mm. I couldn't, if I had to choose between my mental well-being and breastfeeding my kids, my mental well-being came first. Definitely. And my kids would still be fed. Exactly. So the, and it's tough conversations to have because I've had like nasty comments being made about how, you know, some people believe that breast is best. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I stopped my kids so early by choice. Yes. <laughs> not not for drying up, not for anything. Mm. It's frowned upon by some, but I've learned in becoming a parent that I could not care less what other people think. Yeah. Like, I need to make sure things work for my family. Yeah. 
and that my family needed a sane mother mm-hmm. and fed children. And, and that's what and, was important. Yeah, and you got that. Yeah. So, I mean, my last question is going to be a bit of a personal one. So I don't know whether if you're not comfortable to answer, we're okay, I'm okay with that as well. Um, so you, <laughs> no, it's not that deep. <laughs> it's deep though. So you've had kids, obviously the, your, your twins now with, um, via IVF. Um, do you want to have more? Are you capable of having children naturally after this? Um, because I have heard and and i don't know whether it is true or not that sometimes your body just needs the jump start um of being pregnant for it to then figure it out by itself um i'm not a medical person and and this is all hearsay but i i don't know if, is that true um would you i have heard that i i, I can't confirm or deny mm-hmm. i don't know if it's true but i have heard that too but from for our family at the moment i don't want more kids and my husband is like with the third yeah <laughs> so um i don't i don't think a third should be brought into this world if someone is on the fence yeah and personally for, for where we are right now no um but i did one thing i did say was <laughs> god has a very funny sense of humor tell me about I feel it like he, <laughs> he will give us a third when we least expect it yeah <laughs> whether we planned it or not and i you know, you will struggle for five years and then all of a sudden you just fall pregnant. Yeah. I can't control that. But if what's in my control, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's enough. That's it. <laughs> I'm happy with that. Um, you know, the thing is, in the times that we live now, um, there's a lot of sensitivity towards asking certain things and which is why I was a bit cautious about saying that because, you know, it's none of my business whether you guys want to have more kids or not. Um, But, you know, just just because I could throw the question in there, I did. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Anyway, so I think that that has been a very informative session. Um, I've always been very curious to understand, you know, IVF and and whatnot. because it's such a taboo thing and because so, so many people don't want to talk about the struggles that they go through. And I feel that, you know, with information sharing, sometimes a problem, what a problem shared is a problem half, because there's something that I might know that you might know that someone else needs to hear. And um, again, goes back to the purpose of my podcast, which is to inspire and have empower women and have them to aspire to more in anything that we talk about. So today being, you know, about fertility and the process of IVF, I'm really grateful that you've been so open about your journey. Um, and hopefully someone out there has heard and, and you know, won't be so intimidated by the process. Or if they are struggling um, to, to fall pregnant, that there are alternatives out there. No, thank you so much, Anne. I really appreciate it. You know, I've been open about my journey. I, I, I do, inf- like I'm an influencer in my part-time yeah. on Instagram, and I've been open on it on my platform for so long. And I've had a few followers who have DM'd me, who have asked to be kept private because they they are, I guess, embarrassed or ashamed. But I've helped them, and so many of them have come back to me to tell me, we've just had our baby or we've just fallen pregnant, you know, mm. just by being able to speak to another person and just get some advice because it's, it's a very lonely road. And if someone has not struggled with fertility, they will never understand the road. No, I, I get try, that. Yeah. But it's just not the same as someone else who's been in your shoes. Exactly. And, and that's what I'm grateful for having you there t- telling us, you know, as a frontline, if we can call you that, who's been there and done it, and and luckily for you, turned out to be a success story with your twins. 
Um, so if anyone wants to follow Tamron, she, like she said, she's an influencer on Instagram. So Tamron, just share your details so that people can follow you. Yes, my Instagram handle is at Tamron Siofella. So it's T-A-M-R-Y-N dot Siofella, S-E-O-P-L-A. Brilliant. I'm going to just have that tagged as well. And I thank you so much for coming through. Brilliant. And with everyone else, as always, I love you for listening and I am out.